Our Holy Gospel today comes from Mark chapter 10. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder, you must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely, you must not cheat anyone, honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. This amazed them. But Jesus said again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Then Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property, along with persecution. And in the world to come, that person will have eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be least important then, and those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our Creator, Jesus, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit, who inspires us all. Amen. So let me start with a personal question. Have you made out your will? If not, have you at least named beneficiaries to your estate? Since Chris and I got married in June, we have been making those kinds of financial decisions, and it is very important work right? So assuming you have done some of this planning, how did you decide who your beneficiaries would be? Was it all just individual people? Or maybe you also have included Good Shepherd or other agencies that support your values or help address issues that are important to you. Well, one thing you probably didn't do when selecting your beneficiaries was create a list of tasks or favors for someone to complete in order to earn a portion of your estate. That's not how it usually works, right? No one can earn an inheritance. You can't fill out an application to be named in someone's will. An inheritance typically comes as a pure gift, 
to a person chosen as a beneficiary. Which makes me very curious about this encounter that Jesus has with the man in our gospel lesson today. The man comes to Jesus and asks him a strange question. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is the task list that I can complete to earn this inheritance? Well, Jesus decides to play along. So he names some of the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And the man replies, check, 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 check. I have kept all of those commandments since my youth. Now, we may want to roll our eyes at this guy, right? He seems to have a lot of things going for him. But humility is not one of them. I mean, he seems a little full of himself, right? Saying he's kept all of these commandments and saying it to Jesus, no less. But the gospel writer wants us to know that this guy is coming to Jesus with pure intentions. Remember, in many other places in the Gospels, when people come to Jesus with a question, they are often trying to trap him or trick him. But there's no mention of that here. So we can assume that this man is being very sincere as he is asking Jesus this question. And if we're honest, maybe it's a question we ourselves would like to ask Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, at this point in the story, Mark tells us, Jesus looked at the man, not with judgment, not with disappointment. Instead, we are told that Jesus looked at the man and loved him. What a hopeful sentence. Jesus looked at the man and loved him. And so it is out of love that Jesus says what he says next. There's one thing you lack. Go sell what you own and give the money to the poor and then come and follow me. Well, that was the one thing the man could not or would not do. It was too big of a sacrifice. It was too hard. If we want to earn eternal life, it will always be out of reach. It's impossible to earn an inheritance. It can only be received as a gift. Which makes what Jesus says next even more hopeful. What is impossible for mortals? What is impossible for humanity? is possible with God. See, it's impossible for us to earn salvation, but it is possible for God to make us heirs of eternal life. In baptism, that is the promise we receive. In those waters, God made a covenant with you, made you a beneficiary of God's eternal estate. can only be received as a gift. You already have 
the inheritance. Maybe the question this gospel lesson invites us into is this. What are you going to do with your inheritance? There was a study done by Ohio State a few years ago that followed people who actually did receive a financial inheritance. What the study found was that a full one-third of the people blew through the money they had received within two years. In fact, many of those folks were actually worse off financially after receiving their inheritance meant they spent the gift they received and more. I once heard a financial advisor say that the most common things people spend their inheritance on are new cars, vacations, and home improvements. It begs the question, what does it mean to be a good steward of an inheritance? And how will you steward the inheritance of eternal life that you received in your baptism? Which, by the way, is not an inheritance you need to wait until you die to cash in on. This inheritance isn't just fire insurance. We aren't just spending this life waiting to get to heaven to get our wings. If you study the teachings of Jesus at all, you know that our life with God, this eternal life, is already here. We live every day fully embraced in God's grace. Jesus is already looking at you in love. You have this inheritance now. What will you do with it? How will being an heir of God's riches shape your life? Well, maybe our gospel story has some clues for us. Jesus says to the man, you lack one thing, go sell all that you have and give the money to the poor. Well, if that challenge is not a way to earn salvation, then what is it? Well, we need to remember that Jesus loved this guy. So maybe this challenge is an invitation for him to begin stewarding his inheritance in a way that would lead to a new kind of richness in his life, a sacred kind of richness. Maybe Jesus is calling him out of the bubble, this comfortable bubble that his wealth provided him. Maybe in order to give his money to the poor, he was going to have to travel to neighborhoods he normally avoided or meet people that his wealth kept him isolated from. We need to wonder how those experiences might have shaped this man's life in a holy way. I mean, what if those experiences stirred him to become an advocate for the vulnerable or some other crazy thing? I mean, that sounds like a very Jesus-like way to steward his inheritance. The truth is, we don't know what this man decided to do. The story is open-ended. I mean, maybe he went home and he acted on Jesus' invitation, maybe even just in a small way. Or maybe he walked away and his life was not changed one bit by this gift of love that he received from Jesus that day. I mean, we just don't know. 
Well, our story is also open-ended. It's still being written. So how will your story be shaped by this inheritance that you have received from God? It's a good question. Now, I suspect when you chose those who will someday inherit part of your estate, most of you included your family members, right? And you did that out of love. You did that out of love because you want to give that lasting gift to those who are most dear to you. Well, it's the same with God. When God chose us to be heirs of eternal riches, God made all of us family. Made us heirs. And God did this out of love. Maybe this story most makes sense when we remember that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem where the cross is waiting for him. The cross is waiting because if you think about it, in order for an inheritance to be granted, someone has to die. The cross reveals the depth of God's love for us, the depth of God's desire to make you an heir of eternal things. And it is a powerful thing. To be loved like that. It is hard to be loved like that and not be changed and not be transformed. Love like that offers a kind of richness that money or possessions can't buy. So as you live into this week, wrapped in the gift of this inheritance of eternal life, I invite you to take a question into your prayers. How can I be a good steward of my inheritance? Bring that question to God. God who has given you this gift, you didn't have to earn it. It came as a gift. God, how can I be a good steward of my inheritance? Take that into your prayer. And then be open to how God is desiring to write your story. Amen.